This week's podcast brought to you in part by MacMall.com, your number one Apple superstore. Check out their daily deals on iPads, MacBook Pros, and the fourth generation iPod Touch by clicking on the MacMall.com link on WhatDoTheySaid.com. Please. Hi, I'm Holly Sorensen, creator of Make It or Break It, and you are listening to What Do They Said. Did you hear? 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 What do they say? Now you get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Duvet Said Cultural Entertainment Digest, found at WhatDuvetSaid.com. I am your host, Jason DeBlissey. Coming at you from Duvet Studio South in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who uses his stupidity for your glory, your host, <laughs> Robert Bob Duvet. Coming to you from San Francisco, California, Duvet Studios North, where I am going to be doing this entire show in honor of our guest from a pommel horse that I've had installed here in Duvet North. Wow, that sounds exhausting, Rob. <laughs> I hope you're oh, well you're chalked. Right. That is exhausting. That is exhausting. Yeah. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. Okay, no singing. Hi, Rob. <laughs> Hi, Jace. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. I will accept that. I will continue to take birthday wishes all week long. Oh, you should, man. You should run this into a whole month-long exercise and a celebration of self. All right there, listeners, everybody wish Jason a happy birthday by going to our Facebook page and clicking the like button and get us over the magic, whatever that number Jason only knows uh, is. Sesquicentennial. Yes. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yes. So, so do it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, happy birthday to me. Find us on Facebook. Visit the blog, whatdoveysaid.com. Send us an email at whatdoveysaid at gmail.com. Or phone us at 415-937-0445. That number is live, and it's 415-937-0445. Fantastic. Hey, Rob, do we have any guests on this week's show? Wow. Wow. We do. We, I'm, I'm thrilled. I am excited because we have a bona fide shot caller on the show. A shock collar? Is that what you just said? A shock, a shock collar, man. Oh. Somebody who calls the shots on a major television show that oh. we follow religiously. Really? Any ideas who it might be? Uh, gee, well, what shows do we follow religiously? Is it? Uh, it can't be the dating in the dark person, although maybe. I don't know. I, I give up. Who is it? We have show creator, show runner, Holly Sorensen from... Make it or break it. What? A guest. Yes. Yes. Believe it. This is the person who actually created Make It or Break It, the show that we love and are spreading to everybody on the planet to watch and love. She who created the show, she who writes for the show, is talking to us this week? Absolutely. I think you are going to have to send a little separate, uh, you know, uh, a little, little uh, separate bag uh, of treats up to Reba because uh, Reba put this together. Wow. All right. Well, a little bag of treats coming Reba's way. That's exciting. I can't wait to talk to her. We love Make It or Break It. The show gets people fired up, so I'm I'm really curious to hear, you know, what she has to say about some of the uh, some of the the questions that we 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 have assembled for her. 
Wonderful. All right. Well, that'll be exciting. We'll do that in the, as Click and Clack say, the third half of the show. Absolutely. Until then, though, we've got a lot of show to cover, Rob. Oh, yes. I, I have. I want to just, you know, get everybody up to speed about what's been going on with the network. WDS is moving fast and furious. And there's, there's a bit I need to get to. First of all, we'd like to welcome our new sponsor, albeit a sponsor of our own creating, but we'd like to welcome Pokinex, a wonder pill, wonder drug Pokinex is now a sponsor of WDS, specifically the Viography channel. Oh, good. Glad to have uh, as much influx of cash as we can have, especially from pharmaceutical drugs. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and it seems to keep everybody around the office really happy. Um, I also want to address the work stoppage. I, I don't know, last week, you remember, things were really uh, tense, to say the least, around here. Yeah, it was a, it was a tight rope. Yeah, well, we're calling it the Galvin Sheen Rebellion. It was there was a work stoppage. All of our shows that are either in production or uh, about to air were all of a sudden halted by by that dastardly Galvin. He's like our arch enemy. He is. He's kind of a nemesis. And so, uh, but it's all it's all good now. Um, he's easily appeased. It turns out. Um, we just uh, upped his his weekly. Um, salary by another bottle of scotch and he was he was okay with it he called off the rebellion so everything is back in order shows are going to be coming your way in fact um i wanted to uh highlight a couple of them i can't wait for you to highlight them <laughs> okay well let me do that and this has to do with the biography channel biography channel our answer to spike um and uh, we have a new season and the first episode actually is going to be an interesting biography on uh, Mr. Donald Trump. Wow, really? Uh, he yeah. seems sort of out of reach for the Viography Network. Well, uh, you know, he will take whatever comes his way. And uh, we actually, a little bit later on, we have, we're sending a swag bag to Mr. Trump because we didn't get him on the show last week. Oh, yeah, right. Well, we tried to get him so, on the show, but... Uh... Yeah, well, I think I Galvin had a hand in that, too. But anyway, we'll get to his swag bag later. Galvin. Also, Jason, we have entered... The uh, precarious waters of publishing. Oh, no. Really? Has our empire expanded that much? <laughs> it has. We are, we, are the, uh, we are the Rome of our generation. WDS <laughs> is branching into publishing with the arrival of our, our new magazine. Right, get ready. Wait for it. Waiting. It's called Them. Them? Yes. Them is our answer to Us magazine, where we make a very clear line of distinction between us and them after all we're only ordinary men <laughs> exactly um, and uh, here's the deal with them and, and it's kind of interesting we are going to highlight the the differences between celebrity and regular folks oh and uh, we're gonna have like yeah right so the ways about that they're that they're not just like us is that was what you're saying Exactly. So, for, for example, in this first issue of the magazine, Them, we, we have, um, they make racial epitaphs and say they were misquoted and taken out of context. Ra context. I love, my, it's my favorite thing, the racial epitaph. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, did I use that word wrong again? <laughs> well, it depends on what word you're trying to use. If you're trying to use the word epitaph, then you used it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> man! Ah! Oh, at any rate. Well, anyway, so uh, so they, they do all that stuff just like them. Yeah. And then they also drive over people's toes. They in a do? bid to get away from people taking their picture. 
just like them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Naturally. And where we have, we have, don't worry, don't worry. There's more. And our, our first cover is going to feature one of our favorite people, Lilo herself, Lindsay Lohan. I believe she just goes by Lindsay now. Oh. And uh, yes, the the um, the accompanying title to the feature on her is "They Lie, Cheat, and Steal," just like them. Interesting. Well, I can't wait yeah. to uh, see issue one arriving in my mailbox of Them Magazine. Oh yeah, it's very glossy. Like this show. All right, so one last bit of business I want to get out of the way before we start the show right proper. All right. Is, uh, you know, we do not want to anger Mr. Trump at no, all because no. he's a potential presidential candidate. Yes, yes. Um, in fact, rumor has it he might be announcing his candidacy for the president on the finale of Celebrity Apprentice. Genius. Winning. Henry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we left Mr. Trump standing by our green wall. Uh, literally for, I think, a, a couple hours. We actually forgot that he was there at one point, and uh, he was all up in arms. So we want to appease the Trumpster and send him this offering. It's the, it's the best we could do on, on such short notice and limited budget. But here it goes. Are you ready, Chase? Am I? All right. Well, first of all, we're going to give him a year's supply of Pokinex. We're not quite sure what it does. But we definitely feel like uh, Mr. Trump could use it. He's definitely our target mar- market for that, too, as well. Yeah, well, if I, if I remember what we talked about, Pokenex, it's really the Facebook of over-the-counter medication, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I think that's all it is. Whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're going to have a commercial for Pokenex airing soon. So it'll definitely give uh, our listeners a, a much clearer understanding of just what it does and doesn't do. All right. And so also we're going to send him – and this – I know he's going to love this. We're going to give him an unrated version of Rosie O'Donnell's steamy turn as an undercover cop in Exit to Eden. Ooh. You ever see Exit to Eden? She kind of infiltrates a uh, a pleasure island, if you will. Sure, um, sure. She and Dan Aykroyd and I believe the beautiful Dana Delaney are in Exit to Eden. Yes. But we're doing Trump a favor here because we've had Renfro go through and edit out all the scenes except for the steamy scenes of Rosie O'Donnell stuffed into a dominatrix outfit. Oh, well, that's sweet because I know that uh, Don, the Donald, and Rosie are fast friends, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they So he's going to get a real kick out of that. Um, and then, you know, also, we are going to offer him... A, a mixed bag, if you will, of Jello brand products, including a month's supply of pudding pops. <laughs> wow. And lastly, we have a couple more things. Um, we're going to offer him one of our monogram WDS ties. And it's a really nice blend, Jason. I, have, I, don't know, I know you wear these around the office when I've seen you pop in. Um, they're a real nice blend of rayon and terry cloth. Yeah, and I, I like that they highlight the pastels that I know that Mr. Trump's tie line uh, Absolutely, yes. And they have our logo prominently displayed, so, you know, nothing wrong with a little promotion, right? No. There's nothing And then wrong. we're going to give him a big bag of WDS funny money that we had left over from, a, I think, a pre... I think we this might be the second bag, swag bag we've sent Donald Trump. I'll have to check. Um, we're also going to offer him a can of gold spray paint. Why? Well, because I think, uh, you know, he's he's kind of known for turning things into gold. Whatever he touches turns to gold. Oh, I see. Okay. I get it. Yeah, including his hair. I get and it. And last, and this is the biggest opportunity 
that we are offering the Trumpster. And I, I, I can't imagine him saying no to this. Right. Are you ready for this one, Jason? Are you ready for this? Do, 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 do. Yes, I'm ready. All right. We are going to give him first crack, an opportunity at judging WDS's first ever beauty pageant, Miss Ogle USA. And it's going to be held at the Oak Ridge Osmond Convention Center in Branson, Missouri. And so I don't see how he can possibly turn that down. Well, not, not if Branson calls. When Branson calls, Trump arrives. <laughs> Absolutely. So I am done, sir. That is it for the sh uh, swag bag. If uh, that can't uh, appease Donald Trump, then there's no appeasing the man. No. Well, we love the man. We love everything. <laughs> you you convinced me. <laughs> but maybe what we love is news. Now, that always takes me to my special place whenever you say that. <laughs> Good. I want to hear more about your special place right after the news. Ah, you did it for me twice, Jace. You're a kind and gentle co-host. Justin Bieber invades Israel. Oh, jeez. Entirely on his own? Like uh, Goliath? I don't think you need much more these days than just being Justin Bieber to invade a country. Wow. So is that now is the entire regime toppled and Justin Bieber is now not just a figurehead, but the actual, you know, leader of Israel? You know, the funny thing is, is the picture here. I got this one from Gawker and the picture has a picture of Justin Bieber you know, on stage in one of his costumes, and they they kind of photoshopped in a little uh, a yarmulke that says JB on it. It looks really kind of cute. Oh, that's sweet. L'chaim. Like I said, the the story isn't that great, but uh, but the title was good. So it just means that Justin Bieber is now playing a concert in Israel, right? There was no hostile takeover in a militaristic no. way. No, no, no. Sadly, the Israeli regime is still intact. Oh, darn it. What will it take to get rid of Israel? <laughs> <laughs> we are not laughing at the state of Israel. <laughs> we are laughing with the state of Israel. Oh, man. All right. So this one is an actual news story that I'm going to get into. Are you familiar with bum fights? But, uh, yeah, I think I do know about bum fights. There was a, sort of a craze for a while there in the late 90s where they would videotape bums fighting each other, uh, to, like viciously fighting each other, and then sell these videotapes on the open market for profit without giving any money to the bums, right? Exactly. So now, since I guess that hysteria has died down, they've they found yet another way to take advantage of Poor bums. Oh, and we can play the game with this one. Oh, okay. Get ready. I'm ready. I love the game. Tell me again what the game is. Um, the game is name the state, the crime of the game, the crime where the story happens in. So we, we're a little foggy in what the game is. All right. Well, we know. I, basically, the title of the game is the rule of the game, much like uh, that uh, learn my routine. Yes. <laughs> this is the learn my routine of the What Do They Said show. I'm going to leave out the state. The homeless of state have become the unlikely stars of a series of fetish videos in which they were treated like human punching bags by scantily clad women. In exchange for filmed maulings, some so severe that they put the recipients in the hospital, they were given 50 generous dollars by the website manager of SheFights.net. Go to that, listeners. She fights a, not a sponsor. 
Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so basically there are scantily clad women beating up the bums of this state. It's being filmed and uh, put on the internet, and uh, they are being compensated $50 for the lashing of a lifetime. Hmm. What state do you think this happened in? Florida? Ding, 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 ding. Wow. When you follow the rule, Jace, in your gut, you are unstoppable. It is Florida. Wow. St. Petersburg, to be exact. Fantastic. Yeah? <laughs> so what do you think? Where does this fall on our our barometer of truth seeking? Uh, well, I would say that this one is a... Because uh, I just can't believe that... Well, maybe it's not a... Because maybe I can believe... <laughs> that people do this. I was going to say, man, this this is not a for me because I just think that the, the, the human beings are just so fucked up, especially now. Oh, God. Well, you know, it's not that that somebody had the idea and goes and shoots this. I mean, I can imagine somebody going, let's go do this. Well, I don't know. The whole process kind of flummoxes me. Someone comes up with the idea, then they actually have to get the scantily clad women to do it. So that there are scantily clad women that do it is kind of shocking to me. And then that there's a market for it. I mean, that people are purchasing this video is not the shocker part to me. I would believe that somebody would go, wow, I want to see that. Some drunken dudes go, oh my God, that looks awesome. Let's get it. But the, the creation of it is what is puzzling to me. Yeah, yeah, I, you've convinced me. I don't know. Hum There's nothing shocking to me anymore about um, just how depraved we are as human beings. Aw, that's so sweet. And here's a good example. The next story is a great example of that. Okay. It falls under the higher education category. And this one says, teacher has students oink at messy kid. Oh, my goodness. This is higher education that yeah. this happens in? Well, no, I'll read you the story. A Tennessee kindergarten teacher punished a student for being messy by telling his classmates to encircle him, call him a pig, and make pig noises. Don't worry, she was suspended for a day. Wow. That's fascinating. What Can you think of anything more traumatizing? Uh, well, maybe if she picked the gay kid <laughs> and had everyone <laughs> circle him. You know, and, and, you know, say some sort of epitaph at him, maybe. Uh, did anything like that happen to you when you were a kid? Were you ever singled out in a classroom for a, 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 an anomaly that became a traumatic experience for you, Rob? I feel that might explain a lot. Are you kidding? <laughs> are you kidding me? I went to Catholic school. That they, are, they are the purveyors of singling out and, and, and making examples of people. I mean, look what they did to Jesus. Did Jesus go to Catholic school? <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, I, I would think you would know that, having gone to Catholic school. <laughs> I tried to block out all of my uh, indoctrination. I, I'm really, I'm just freelancing right now. I forgot that you went to Catholic a, school. Like it, it never really occurred to me that uh, that. I mean, I knew there were people when I was in high school that around me that went to Saint Dunstan's. Who was Saint Dunstan, by the way? What did he do? Um, I don't know, man. No, he's wasn't he I, I really patron. I think he, oh, I do know this. He was the Archbishop of Canterbury. Oh, is he really? Back in the day. Wow, I've heard of that yeah. position before. Yeah, I think it's a big it's a big get in the uh in the world of uh Catholicism. Yeah, know? and really I wonder how like San a... Bruno landed that. <laughs> Yeah, that was in Milbrae, a much more upper crust oh, suburb. Oh, yeah, well, that explains it. Yeah, because Bruno, please. Yeah. I would think they would get, you know, 
Saint Oink Oink. No, was I single that? I was, actually, now that you mentioned it. Sister Alice one time, because I, I think I had a problem with, uh, like, looking around, you know, when I was in, like, first or second grade or something like that. I would look around the room a lot, you know, kind of get a lay of the land. Yes. And uh, she put a box around me so that I was, you know, covered on all sides prevented me from looking from side to side and then cut a little hole that I could view through. So it was kind of like being in like, you know, a, a maximum security cell in a prison and I could only face forward. Wow. You're sort of like the man in the cardboard mask then. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I don't know if that was traumatizing. I tend to keep my eyes forward now when I'm on a you know subway train. Maybe we can get our listeners to write in to us at whatduvaysaid@gmail.com and write in their traumatizing experiences uh, growing up, and then we can uh, read those on the air. <laughs> Good. I look forward to those. I, I smell another contest coming along. We can put that up in Branson, too, with Miss Ogle. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, what, is it a or not a... You would have a teacher encourage students to oink at a fellow classmate. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to say that's not A. All right. So I got another news story for you there. I guess we can just wrap up the news. But this one uh, I'm proud of because it's, uh, it's from San Francisco. Oh, okay. Good. You, you take ownership of it. It's yes. not about you, is it? Uh, no, 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 no. No, this is about uh, the fine citizens that reside here in our Baghdad by the Bay. Okay. Um, man catches fire in San Francisco porn shop. <laughs> Spontaneously? Or how does this happen? Well, I'll, re I'll read you the story. A poor, unsuspecting guy caught on fire while sitting in a private booth watching videos, in quotations, at a porn shop in San Francisco. He ran out of the shop engulfed in flames. It's still unclear how the fire started. But I have been in the back of more than one porn shop in my day, and it has been known to get a little... Um, hot back there that was the writer commentating so uh yeah that's the uh that's the kind of, of pornography that we have in our porn shops here in san francisco You're right they're hot with two so t's the obviously the joke should be that there was a lot of friction right <laughs> i like it a friction fire yeah we've all started a few of those in our days that's right we've all got our flint what <laughs> earth does that mean any you know I, there's no picture of the actual porn shop so i don't know which one it was at you know but there's quite a few down the street from my house did i tell you i was walking uh my dog the other day in again in the hollywood hills and i got stuck i saw people who were stopping and taking pictures of the hollywood sign which is the other thing that happens all the time uh -huh. and they were holding a sign so when I was approaching them, they were keeping their sign tucked away. And I said, what does your sign say? And she said, oh, it says, thank you. Um, CeeLo is shooting a new video for charity where she, he's replacing the forget you. She said, forget you with thank uh -huh. you. Uh, and I said, oh, oh, that's cool. That's great. She said, do you want to be in it? <laughs> I said, well, sure. So my dog and I posed and sat and held the sign that said, thank you. And she took a picture of us. And apparently I'm in the new CeeLo video. Had to oh, my up. God. I got to look for that. That's great. You know, he's uh, one of the big names that's playing the Coachella Festival that's happening down your way this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. I know about the Coachella Festival. It's well, Speaking of Facebook, that's all over the place on Facebook. Oh, really? You, you know what, Jace? Just be grateful because what's going to happen is there's going to be kind of a mass exodus of douchebags out of your city. 
And so for a weekend, you'll you'll kind of be uh, hipster free. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> in a city of 12 million people yeah if if three million hipsters leave that still leaves eight million hipsters here oh <laughs> uh, well that's it man that's it for is is this a or not a um i don't even remember what the news story is so i'm gonna say it's not a oh the porn guy yeah yeah i'm gonna say that's not a uh, just to... uh, fair enough. I'll go with you. I, I won't make you push the button again. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. My work here is done. I hope everybody is informed. All right. Well, even though it was my birthday Wednesday and I was out, I was dedicated and watched Survivor last night. Did you notice what the title of this week's Survivor was? No. It was called The Buddy System. Oh. Did you notice what this week's episode of Make It or Break It was called? Yes, the same. The Buddy System. Yeah, see? Wow, see? these are some sort of thing going through the universe that I should know about? Should I buddy up? There are no accidents, Rob. We talk about those two shows, and they were both called the exact same thing in, in one week, the week of my birthday. Oh, are you saying we control the universe? Uh, I cannot tell you how excited though I am. Speaking of controlling universes, to speak with Holly because she controls one of my favorite universes currently. Yeah, well, we'll get there as soon as we talk about Survivor because there's not much to say about Survivor. Two eliminations, two tribal councils, two completely obvious uh, things happened on Survivor last night, don't you think? It takes two, baby. Now, was that the Grover Washington version or the... <laughs> The Fresh Prince version that you were singing. No, I think that that's uh, that's going to be a version that will air on American Idol at some point this season. I'm sure somebody will take that song and do a schmaltzy version of it. Yeah, I don't watch American Idol. Uh, okay, so my one question about Survivor this week, because I only have one, is what's It'd going be on. Washington what's now. going on with Redemption Island? I don't know, right? They kind of sent a bunch of people there. It's turned into like a penal colony. They sent a bunch of people over there. <laughs> And then they never really address what, what's happening. I mean, that that little shack that they're all sleeping in can only house so many people, right? Yeah, and now it's a bunch of guys, right? A bunch of guys together? Yeah. It's a bro-down. <laughs> it's a bro-down. But I don't know what that means. Is there going to be some... Now they've got three of them there to compete against one another. Nobody went home. There wasn't a, a two-duel. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a... Uh... It's kind of like Papillon or something. <laughs> They're just going to be like left over there. And then Jeff kind of walks around with a cane, you know, occasionally just whacking, you know, David on the back just to, you know, fuck with him. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're going to have maybe like a, they're going to drop a predator town. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever's left is the one who survives that week of. Uh... They should co kind of combine Redemption Island with Temptation Island. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Or Fantasy Island. Ooh, get a three for it. <laughs> exactly. Wow. What, no, I, I think there's going to be some sort of group competition and, uh, you know, three men enter, one man leaves sort of thing. Yeah, I guess so. I saw that Boston Rob was like survived. Thunderdome. They should make it like a Thunderdome scenario. Oh, yeah. I never made it all the way through Thunderdome. I went to go see it in the middle of the night in college with my friend Barry, but uh, I left. God, Thunderdome made entirely of wickers is a, or bamboo is a, a whole different slant on it. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like Waterworld. 
<laughs> Excellent. Underrated. Underrated film. <laughs> I've never seen Waterworld. I've only, I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the live show at Universal probably about 70 times. It is the Ishtar of uh, aquatic films. Well, that's saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that Kevin Costner. Yeah, it's saying nothing about... Can we get about... him on the show? Reba! <laughs> <laughs> get Kevin on the show. He's going to be uh, uh, Pa Kent in the new Superman movie. Oh, really? I was going to say, like, what's he been up to? You haven't heard a lot Pa-Kent about it uh, since Superman Tin movie. Cup. I haven't yeah. heard a lot from Kevin Costner. I understand that he's extremely nice and can eat a lot. That's what I've heard about Kevin Costner. Wow, interesting. Good fact. I love how we're talking about Survivor right now. Well, you do. I keep trying to get you to talk about Survivor, but you got nothing to say. What do you got to say about Survivor? Well, you know, here's my problem with it. And my, my wife noticed this as well because she was watching and she missed a kind of a, a week or two in there. And so she doesn't really find anybody that's on the show except for Boston Rob too compelling. I agree. And she's not nearly as pervy as, as, as I am. So she doesn't like, you know, futz with the remote to try and find slow-mo shots of the, the pretty girls that are on the island. I agree. So, yeah. So uh, basically, I, you know, I guess maybe it's a, a lack of, uh, you know, spice and spark to this season that is now, as it drags on, kind of just, you know, whatever excitement is kind of starting to trickle. Yeah, they really only focus on Boston Rob and Philip, and nobody else in the show has any kind of personality. And Philip's personality is getting to be irritating, although he did uh, kind of let on that it, he is putting on an act last night, that he's he's trying to be the crazy guy so that people stick with him until the end and, and want to be against him. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's what he's saying even Boston Rob said that Philip is is pretending to be crazy he's not as crazy as he's pretending to be you know yeah I think it's been he's been you know finding his character all season long and I think now he's kind of stumbled on it you know with the 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 feather and the whole you know thing he kind of like you know he was he's been working on it I, I don't feel either that Philip is as crazy as he tries to make himself out to be, you know? So I, I feel like there's a little manipulation going on there. Yeah, but I also think he's not as competent as he thinks he is in pretending that he's crazy and that he go, he vacillates between being the kind of dopey lunatic that he genuinely is and and, yeah. and, and finding that... I think he stumbles into his, his lunaticness. I think that's what works well for him. You know, I worked for a private investigator for about 10 years. And I remember that. Yeah. And there was a guy who was our investigator there who was just the most infuriating person (laughs) as a human being because he was so vacuous and he just didn't care about things. And he didn't he didn't do his job. He didn't turn in his billing and he didn't pay any attention to what what the work of the job was. But he was so Mm -hmm. good at what he did because he didn't care. And it was so unassuming and nobody would believe that this dumba ass would be work would it be a cop you know or working for a private investigator so he could walk into anywhere and go oh yeah here I'll, I'll, let me buy this this crate of counterfeit gucci bags and people would sell it to him because they're like okay yeah clearly you're an idiot and buy all these you know oh that's funny yeah well i i've said this for a long time i really believe that to be smart or intelligent in this world is a severe hurdle to success. Yeah, I, I'll agree to that. X gets the square. Uh, 
Yeah. And an idiot's bliss, listeners, is is the, probably the most perfect state. Right. All right. Well, uh, have we had enough of Survivor since there's nothing else to say? Or are you done? Or can we just get to Holly? Yeah, to... yeah. I'm, I was done. I was a little disappointed. There was not as much gratuitous, uh, you know, women um, in buffs this week. And, uh, there were some uh, good, good yeah, shots of yeah, Ashley. I thought there were some good shots of Ashley. I thought that worked out pretty well. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. You good? <laughs> I'm good, because I can wait no longer. Let's get her on the phone. Ladies and gentlemen, creator, mastermind, showrunner, genius behind our favorite TV show, Make It or Break It, Holly Sorensen. Let's get ready to tumble. Hi, guys. Holly. You know what? For us here at What Duvet Said, it's kind of like we're big fans of Christmas and we get to talk to Santa Claus. <laughs> That's hilarious. You guys have been so great. I, you know, I can't tell you how much myself and all the writers and the and the cast to appreciate uh, your recaps and your writing the show. Well, we couldn't be bigger fans, and if we were bigger fans, we would be bigger fans. Right. That doesn't make Did any sense at all. Anyone mock you for your for your uh, for your make it or break it? You make it or break it. Uh, addiction? No, we haven't received any mocking at all. In fact, we get what I always say to everybody is, tell you what, watch the pilot episode and if you're not instantly hooked then, you know, then come back and mock me. Holly, I gotta be honest with you. I am used to being mocked for my television habits. Um, I am firmly, firmly uh, able to defend my right to watch Make It or Break It just like anybody would defend their right to watch uh, Frontline on PBS. Oh, that's so great. That's such a nice thing to say. We appreciate it. So the biggest question that I have, though, of course, having watched all seasons, is what season is this? I'm confused. Uh, it, it really couldn't be more confusing. Is it? You know, it's, it's, it, in, in, in reality, it is season four. By uh, network accounting, it's the second half of season two or the 2B season. Oh, uh, okay. So why why is that? Why are we broken up into ten episode arcs? Do, do you know? I think the the reason is primarily financial on on the part of the network. Um, so it's not. It has nothing to do with the storytelling, or you know, it's it's just kind of the way they they do business. But that's just a matter of course having to deal with the network. I mean, everything's great with the network and you guys. Yeah, I mean, it, I I think it, in in many ways it is the perfect. It's the perfect uh, fit for that network. They they've kind of uh, taken on the teen audience that the CW abandoned a couple years ago, and you know they own it. And I and I think you know as far as teen shows go, shows about teen teens and teen girls with teen themes, um, you got to say make it or break it is you know is a pretty good fit. So Holly, I'm curious about who your target audience is in your mind. And also, yeah, I don't know if we're in the demographic. I have not been a teen girl since the operation, so <laughs> I, I mean, I can't imagine it's uh, it's uh, Bob Duvet. But I, I'm curious if if you have an audience in mind when you're writing this show, and if you'd like to see that audience kind of obviously expand. But you know, would you want it to be a couple of guys like uh, Jason myself watching your show? We do. We have a very interesting and diverse audience. You know, people as you know, diverse as Nylon Magazine, you know, hipsters in New York say it's their guilty pleasure, all the way down to the you know, 12-year-old girls that tweet me. Um, uh, we do have a male audience. Uh, we have a, a male teenage audience. We have an older male audience. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's, that's, it's 
kind of problem, in some ways it's kind of problematic to have an audience that's so diffuse because, you know, um, shows are judged on demographics, how, how many in the core. And, you know, thank goodness, you know, we, we do get a lot of teenage girls, which is the core for, for our network. But, you know, one of the reasons we are so totally gratified by the attention of you guys is I think everyone, when they see or hear about the show or see a promo for the show or see it on ABC Family, they think they know what the show is. You know, they think they know the sh- they they think they know what the show is, and um, and oftentimes kind of just dismiss it out of hand. But um, I think a lot of people who've taken the time to watch the show do find it, you know, addictive and kind of entertaining. And if, if you think about it, you know, the shows that we are up against in this teen girl demo on our own network, like Secret Life and Pretty Liars, and on the CW, like 90210 or Gossip Girl, you know, those shows deal almost exclusively in, in sex and relationships. You know, that there's there's three ways. There's sex with teachers. There's, you know, sex that results in pregnancy. And it's kind of astonishing that we have a show that teenagers seem to like where, the, you know, in t- you know until last week, only one character has had sex in the show ever, you know, one, with one other person, you know. So, um, and that's not through any, like, moral prudishness or whatever on the part of myself or the writers. It's just the world that we're in. So, um, you know, our show is, it's, there, you know, there's, there's, there's the soap opera elements to it, but inherently it's about a dream and a goal, and I think that's relatable to everybody on, on a certain level. And, and the teamwork that, you know, is it, it, required to get there and the sacrifices that are required to get there. Well, that's one of the things that I've always found appealing about the show. And when I tell my guy friends about it, I say it's really like watching a Rocky movie or any sort of sports show because the hook of whether or not the underdog is going to win is always a story that everybody can hook into and root for. I am a, a big fan of the genre of, of the sport movie. Um, and obviously it's reflected in, in Make It or Break It. In some ways, the show owes more to that genre you know, or it certainly was as much to that genre as, you know, as, as, as the teen soap genre. And, um, and it's fun to write and it's inspiring to write. And one, one, you know, really cool aspect of it is we get to work with a lot of actual gymnasts in our day-to-day life and, you know, their colleagues and, and, and friends in many cases of ours. And it, it's just kind of inspiring to see them on the set every day. I mean, even the, the most jaded crew dudes, stop and their jaws on the floor when, you know, we shoot a scene, you know, of the real gymnastics, which we refer to as the flippity flips, you know, in the script. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's, you know, their real lives, you know, are the energy that, that we're working off of, too, although obviously our show is much more dramatic than their experience was. I've noticed a change, to me at least, in the kind of the tone of the show maybe that the earlier the first season seemed to kind of be reminiscent of a show called Degrassi Junior High I don't know if you know that show or not kind of just made me think of it and now I see it kind of shifting more into that Gossip Girl Beverly Hills 90210 territory I'm a fan of both of those shows and I've just noticed this season it seems to be kind of going more on that trajectory is that the case? You know, I haven't watched Degrassi. I know people um, watch it and really and really like it. Um, it's it's you know it's backed up uh, it's backed up on my DVR and I have to catch it. But I I think that that's not that's not um, incorrect really. I mean, the, the 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 show has to move in the direction of of relationships 
as much as gold. Do you know what I mean? And as it, as the show goes on, the relationships get more entangled and encumbered, kind of necessarily. Okay, so that's a good place to go with where the show is going. It seems to have a finite ending in the 2012 Olympics. You talk about it a lot in the show that gymnasts have a shelf life, and these girls can't stay, even the actresses can't stay, quote-unquote, 16 years old for years and years and years. What happens to the show, or do you have a vision for the show after the 2012 Olympics? You know, we, we kind of do. Uh, what I think one thing that's... Pre- I think is particularly interesting about Make It or Break It is if you watch our storytelling, we are going to the Olympics in, in real time. We are, we are, you know, we went to nationals, we went to worlds, you know, we're going to be preparing for the Olympics and hopefully going to the Olympics um, in, in, in kind of the real time of the characters, you know. So, so I don't know another show that's done that. And we're doing it concurrently with the actual Olympics. The show was right. actually picked up right after uh, the last the last Olympics uh, at, at where you know gymnastics caused such a stir and was a ratings boost. Um, I think that uh, it, and the show was actually picked up three years after I wrote the first pilot. And um, and the reason it wasn't picked up to series immediately is that they were afraid that sports would not mix their demographic, and they were afraid that girls wouldn't watch a show about sports. And I think, I think I, I've said this before, and I haven't found any argument to the contrary. I think we're the only dramatic show. About about a girls sports team. I mean, if you think about all of the um, the sports movies that you've seen that are about teams, not about individuals, um, you know, there's, there's shows about individual girls, but um, maybe Bennett like Beckham. But, but, you know, so we're going to the Olympics in real time. Is there a vision for the show after the Olympics? You know, there sure is. I mean, it's, it's a, it, The Rock is, a, is, a, is, a, is an interesting place. It's our hero set, and it's kind of the, the metaphor for the, the show in general, you know, um, and lots of people can come through there with lots of different situations. So, Yeah, I, I noticed that happening with Pace and Sister. The Rock, the next generation coming yes, through. Yes, indeed. No spoilers. We're on lockdown here. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Spoilers suck. <laughs> it's just that the internet has be, has made spoilers just you know uh, such an utter fact of life, and it's, I, I think it's really changed the viewing experience for people. It's it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to it, it's interesting to create television in this time because you get such immediate instant feedback from people, um, and also so much information is just kind of shared. So do you get any, in the professional gymnastics world, are they tuning in to Make It or Break It? Are, are you guys being tapped to say, hey, we'd love to have you guys at the Olympics to wave and smile? Is any of that going on? Very. That's a very interesting question. Um, because the gymnastics world, like I guess any world, is comprised of different kind of factions. Um, the powers that be, uh, the the kind of bureaucratic administrative powers that be, um, that the equivalent of, our, of the NGO and Make It or Break It, mm-hmm. um, were very wary of Make It or Break It because they'd suffered through a lot of expose kind of books and sensational movies of the week about how grueling the sport is and how, in some ways, abusive it can be. And, uh, and they were very freaked out about any um, anorexic storylines, any coach controversies, anything like that, um, and they let us know it. Interestingly, gymnasts tend to love the show, or they love it to hate the show, but they all watch the show. I've not met one gymnast 
who doesn't watch every episode of Make It or Break It? Um, <laughs> we have more than, than anecdotal evidence, quite a bit more than anecdotal evidence, that Make It or Break It has caused a surge in kids entering gymnastics, and that thrills us. We're really, we're, we're really proud of that. Because we, I mean, we are huge fans. We love the sport, obviously. You, could, you couldn't write the show if you didn't. Um, and then... We have um, lots of, you know, Nasty Lupin came on the show, Bella Caroli came on the show, um, Nadia Kamenich and Bart Connor are going to be on the show this year, and all of them, you know, extend warm welcomes. You know, obviously Bella and his wife kind of, you know, are, are the heart and soul of USA Gymnastics, and they've invited us to every national competition and think the show is great for the sport. So, you know, the bureaucrats, not so much. The, the, the participants, you know, all... all all watch it. Um, some love to hate it. A lot of them love it. And also, we have a ton of fans of girls, girl softball players, girl basketball players, girl athletes of all kinds, which is which is really nice. They they feel that they're represented by the show. So yeah, that's a long-winded answer. But it's been it's been an that's been an interesting road to navigate. Were you involved in the gymnastics world before starting the show? What is your? I was not. I took a summer of of YMCA gymnastics in Great Falls, Montana, which is where I'm from. Um, I come from an athletic family and a family where people, you know, participate through college and, and our coaches, um, uh, a, a lot of my family are. And, and I come from a, a place, you know, Montana is kind of like Texas where, where athletics is, is really prized as kind of the, the most important pursuit one can take on. So, um, so I've just always, I've always kind of loved it and, and, you know, and I love the Olympics. I'm just a sucker for the Olympics. I watch every second of Olympic programming. So. <laughs> a while back, there was a poll on the ABC website uh, for Make It or Break It saying which m- m- rock girl you were most like. And I, I know I'm definitely a, a-, a Payson. Uh, I was curious which rock girl you're most like, Holly. Oh, there is an element of me in every rock girl. And I think there's an element of everyone in every rock girl. Um, a lot of people, you know, say that uh, that I'm Payson or that I identify with Payson or I even look like Payson, you know, which is a huge compliment since Ayla is gorgeous. But I've, I've been, I've, I've certainly been Emily. I've, I've, you know, probably some combination of Payson and Emily are closest, but I think, you know, I have aspects of, of all those girls. I mean, so how manipulative and bitchy are you like Lauren? You know, the thing that's so great about Lauren and she's just the funnest character to write and Cassie is, so genius with her and we just have so much fun in the writer's room coming up with Lauren um, is that you know she says things that occasionally occur to people to say but they're too afraid to say she does things that occur to people to do but they're too afraid to do I mean she's kind of your your evil id out there you know uh, you know out there in the world and uh, and you know we find in the writer's room Lauren an immensely likable character Um, we know that everyone doesn't agree with that for sure I love Lauren. I, I talk a lot on this show about how evil and manipulative she is, but I mean, it's that character you love to hate. And I think Lauren definitely has become that for Make It or Break It. But I'm enjoying watching Payson blossom into a young woman on this season. Well, you, you've made no secret about your Payson love. And I was a huge Emily fan for years. I mean, we, we all, we, we both love Emily. We, we are... Well, of course. Emily's like understood though, Jace, that Emily is the hero and we love the hero. Right. And, but there, for a while there, I was like 
Team Kaylee. So I was all around Kaylee last year, and now this whole anorexia storyline is breaking my heart. And I, I have to ask, where it? I mean, is this? Do you have an agenda with this, Holly? Is it coming from somewhere? Does it just? Did you just come up in the writers' room with it? How did? How did it come to be? Um, another really, another really good question. You know, I. I it, it sometimes it's hard for um, a viewer to know this is completely um, as I'd like them to because they don't sit you know, in 12-hour days in the writer's room where we, we discuss every aspect of these girls' character. We know their, their backstories. We know their histories. You know, stuff that's not on the show, but we're all, you know, we're all working off the same template um, for each character. So we spend a lot of time thinking about, about um, what happens to the girls and who they are and what their evolution is. And um, I think if you're going to... You know, one thing that I'm, I, I will say up front that I, I'm proud of in Make It or Break It is that uh, when we have a storyline like anorexia or like patient's injury, um, you know, or even like, you know, Lauren sleeping with Carter, we don't resolve it in two episodes. We don't, you know, realize we have a problem in one episode and get treated for it in the next and recover in the next, um, which I've seen happen on a lot of, a lot of other shows that deal with the storyline. Uh, you know, the Payson's back storyline has been going on for 20 episodes, and it's still it's still a storyline. And Kaylee's um, Kaylee's disease has been going on for you know now many many episodes, and it will go on for many more. You know, we treat we treat it seriously. I mean, I think you know when you're talking about teenage girls, there's a certain subset that have the disease, uh, have an eating disorder. It's it's unfortunately it's, it's very large. When you look at gymnasts, it's much much larger. I mean, it's it, it's just a reality in the sport that this is an affliction that strikes some gymnasts. Certainly not all. Certainly not all gymnasts, but but some gymnasts have you know um, have have been struck with it, and, and a lot of famous gymnasts have talked talked about it you know after the fact. So, um, so so I think you know based on those two things, we're a teen girl show, we're a gymnastics show. Certainly, there's room for anorexia. Um, I didn't want to do that storyline immediately uh, because a we didn't have to and b you know I appreciate that the the gymnastics organization is sensitive to um, the fact that if you had it initially they think we're saying that all girls have this this is kind of a natural outgrowth of the aspects of Kaylee's character she's a natural people pleaser she was very much a people pleaser um, she was in the first season kind of the, the bright shiny girl from the family that was very concerned about appearances and very concerned about success. And when she, she she kind of walked in the back door to being the national champion, she kind of didn't feel like she deserved that. Um, because you have to think of, of the four girls of being in this flick or any family, you know, you're used to the organization the way it has been and your role in it. Um, and, you know, she, you know, she struggled with, with owning that mantle. And as part of the, you know, once she decided she had to own it, she had to keep going. She had to beat Jinji Cho which she somehow tied to keeping her parents' marriage together. Um, and that combined with her, with her, you know, appearance kind of uh, um, laden background and family, you know, made her an understandable, an understandable victim of it, I think. Yeah, well, one of the things that's so honest about this show is that people just don't learn their lessons in an hour and sit and talk about their innermost thoughts and what they've learned right away, it's more real life. You know, people don't learn le from their lessons week after week. You know? They don't. They don't. 
I mean, you know, I, I think Payson has taken something from her ordeal and her back injury. She's she's obviously changed a bit as a as a gymnast. Kaylee will change a bit as a result of this disorder, but their you know their their basic makeup will remain the same. Holly, I noticed the music has taken a more prominent role in especially the you know the last couple of seasons. And I'm curious how you go about picking the bands. Are you in the business of trying to break bands like uh, VOC or Gossip Girl, Beverly Hills 90210? Because I, I, I just, I'm fascinated by that. I'm a big music guy. So I'm curious how you go about picking and selecting the music for the shows. It is perhaps my favorite part of my job. Uh, I absolutely love this aspect of my job. And I, when I, you know, when the pilot got picked up and you should be making the show and casting the show, like, uh, and then the show goes to series, and I and I am a first time showrunner. I'm a, you know this is this is this is my very first gig. It didn't occur to me that I would have the fun of helping pick the music for the show, um, but I have that fun, and um, and I do get to expose people to music I like. Yeah, is is this one of those situations where? Disney being the parent company has a roster of bands that they're kind of saying work within these, you know, confines or genres. Um, thank goodness Disney doesn't um, uh, push things on us or brand us that way at all. For one reason, um, there is not the synergy that people think between Disney um, arms. We kind of wish there were. You know, when we use the ESPN on the show, we've got to jump through 10,000 hoops. Um, even though we're part of the same parent company. I, I call it vertical disintegration, actually, because we keep bumping up uh, against it. And frankly, Disney would charge us for the music, and we couldn't afford it. Um, <laughs> so one fun thing about, about the music selection, as are a lot of things that make it break, is our budget is, you know, we have a basic heel budget, and it's a tough budget. We can't afford we can't afford the music that other shows can afford. We, we hired a new editor last year, and uh, he worked on um, My Name is Earl, and when mm-hmm. that stopped, she came over to us. Their budget for one episode of that half hour is our yearly budget for music. So, so we just don't we don't, we we don't have the money. We, we're forced to find new bands. We're forced to find um, undiscovered talent. Um, with you know, there's a couple exceptions. You know, when when I heard the Mika song "We Are Golden" in the first season. I knew that I had to have that song, and we knew it was going to be a huge song, so we snagged North American rights early and, and paid a big, for us, a very big chunk for that. And then when I knew I had that song, I wrote scenes around that song to showcase. I, I wrote the script to showcase that song, and that's a really fun thing to do, too, to let, to let you know, to find a song first and let it inform um, the scenes. And uh, we've done that successfully, I think, a bunch of times. Um, um, we we the the Paul Freeman song that Damon sings to Emily at the end of uh, the one B season uh, that he sings to her on the radio station um, charted to iTunes top ten for a week and uh, gave that artist Paul Freeman a lot of exposure too and and so that's that part of it's really fun. Uh, we have a fantastic music supervisor I should say named Wendy Levy. She's one of the best in the business. She does a lot of CW shows. She does now a lot of ABC Family shows and. She exposes us to a lot of new music too. I filter through it, and we ha- uh, it's a very um, it's a very important job of the editor. And we actually hire editors in some ways based on how good they are with the music. We like to hire editors who are actually musicians themselves. It's such an important part of the show, the music. It's such an important important part. And it's hard yeah. for editors too. It's really hard for if you don't 
you could be a brilliant editor, and if you don't have that that feel for the music or the way with the music, you, you know, you, you wouldn't be successful on on Make It or Break It. Yeah, it looks like everybody's having a really good time on the show. They really enjoy their roles and 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 really love this project. It, it, truly, oh, you can see fun. the joy. It is right? super fun. Everyone is just you know, there's people with just a hilarious sense of humor. You know, Neil, who played Sasha, is hilarious. The girls are hilarious. There's a lot of laughing. You know, Perry Gulpin is obviously hilarious. Um, and Rosa Blasi is just a flipping riot. She is. She's. I think she's. She's going to. She reoccurs with us. She's going to be in a Fox comedy and she should be doing comedy. She is so flipping funny. Are we ever going to hear Ronnie's song? We've actually wrote Zip Up My Heart and there was, we've had lots of ideas for storylines for Ronnie, you know, uh, you know, VH1 behind the hit things on Ronnie. Um, uh, interesting, you know, we are going to be dealing with uh, singing a lot this season as if you've watched uh, the, the next preview, um, you kind of know. And, uh, and that's been really great too. Well, you know, not to do your job for you, but obviously I think what needs to happen on this show, and I'm sure Rob will agree with me, is that the rock girls need to go back to that radio station that Damon did his song at and visit the two wacky morning show guys. Right, Rob? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Honk, honk. <laughs> and we have all the girls there uh, in the station. I know just the two guys who can play it, uh, play those two guys. And then at the end, um, you know, the cuter of the two radio guys uh, gets to be Chloe Kometko's boyfriend. Ooh, I, I vote for me right off the bat. Uh, no, I, see, it has to be the cuter of the two guys is the thing. What? I, I think we'll have to uh, we'll have to let the make it or break it nation decide. <laughs> what do you think of that? I love it. I think that's absolutely hilarious. Fantastic. Get right to work on that. We'd appreciate it. I Holly, love thank it. you so much for calling in. We truly are huge fans of the show, and we relish every opportunity we get to talk about it and to watch it on Mondays. Oh, you guys, we appreciate your interest so, so much. You know, it's, it's great to have all sorts of different fans. And, you know, like we've said, that the, the show is kind of an interesting um, an interesting mishmash of different genres and stuff. So any any attention we can bring to it, we're always thrilled to do it. And and you're, you're you you guys are hilarious writers, expert writers, and um and your attention to detail just you know the writers just love 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 your recaps. Fantastic. Well, we love that you love us, uh, and we want everybody who's listening to watch the show. Where can they see it? You see it Mondays nine eight central on ABC Family. Thanks so much, Holly. Thanks, you guys. Wow, she sounds hot, Jason. That was I, a dream come true for me, Jason, and I, I feel like I can uh, really tackle the rest of my week knowing that uh, we were able to speak with somebody that's so crucial to my life these days. Exactly. All right, so I I don't care that we went that long with Holly. I think this is exciting that this is a supersized episode. Oh, I yeah. could have talked to her all afternoon long, and I kind of feel like she could have talked to us all afternoon long. She seemed pretty happy. I think we should all do lunch. I agree. Let's all head out to uh, the Spruce Juice and get ourselves. <laughs> I'm seriously, I'm up to about, I don't know, like a, a, a 64 ounce a day habit of juice now as a result of watching this show. Oh, yeah. Well, they come in red and orange. <laughs> I prefer the orange. Mm, all right. Like an, uh, not an orange Julius, though. OK, uh, let's uh, let's say goodbye or let's. Well, what's do you have? Uh, what's going on with you? Do you want to hear about my birthday or anything or do you well, care? I, I want to. I, I, do, I do care. I want to hear about your birthday 
And uh, I want to know if you have any chum for the snark tank. I am chumless today. Uh, yeah, I think I'm a little chumless today. I, I will say okay. that the the little bit that um, uh, okay, I'll throw in a little chum just because it's all so right. Ridiculous. Throw in some chum in the snark tank. Let's make let's make our people happy. Uh, I'm and, and I'll do double duty that it's also a, a Facebook thing. Facebook is has become the repository for birthday wishes. You know, it yes. pops up and tells you when your birthday is. And I think it's great. I, I really do like hearing from all people that normally that I don't see active on Facebook, that I'm not really aware is there. It, it pops up and says, you know, there's there's the same 15 people are always posting things on Facebook. But then, yeah. you know, I got a hundred and some odd uh, people wishing me happy birthday, that people that I don't normally see active on Facebook. So that they're there and that they thought to reach out to me is very sweet. And I do appreciate that. Um, but there was one guy who said happy birthday the day before my birthday, which is mm. fine. You know, I don't know if he had something he needed to do that he remembered. It was fine. He said happy birthday. But then what happened was there's this sort of avalanche of people after that happened wishing me happy birthday. Wait, what? It's your birthday? Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jason. All the day before my birthday. Now, I, I don't know about you, but when I log into Facebook, there's a little column on the right hand side that says today's birthdays are these people. You know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's how I know whose birthday it is. And if I see someone wishing one of my friends a happy birthday and I don't see that little notice on the side, I'm like, wait a minute, is it their birthday? And I will either look in my calendar where I have people's birthdays written down or I'll go to their Facebook page to see when their birthday is. And I'll go, oh, I see. It's not actually their birthday yet. So only I, Rob, am upset mm. at <laughs> seven or eight of my friends who didn't right. bother to notice that it wasn't my actual birthday before they were wishing me a happy birthday on Tuesday. Well, now I am upset. You are a stickler for detail. I know this about you. And I have, I, you mentioned this to me a bit earlier, you know, offline, off, off the show. And it got me pre angry. And I was hoping you were going to say this because, as you know, I feel like Facebook is the, the least amount of effort human beings can do to uh, to seem connected with one another. Yes, right. You don't even need to put on clothes to be connected on Facebook. And and the other thing that's infuriating is it it's just a like a, a symptom of this kind of world that we live in, where I feel like people are like multitasking constantly, and so it's like. Gotta wish. Okay, good. I got Jason's birthday out of the way. I wished him a birthday a day early. Okay, that's done. You know, <laughs> it's it just feels like you know it's just something people are ticking off rather than a genuine well wish. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice that the law firm of Sluggo, Sluggo, and Sluggo wished me a happy birthday the day before my birthday, doing just that thing? Exactly. I mean, it was, and so now he could feel self satisfied in his office. His law office where he's you know and that he wished you a happy birthday and isn't he great well yeah so it's so ridiculous i feel so ridiculous thinking that that would bother me but i mean I, what i wanted was this onslaught of love the day of my birthday and that it started to come early it was like wait what you don't really this yeah. this isn't this is insincere you're not really caring that's why it's perfectly okay for you to celebrate your birthday well past your birthday Right. Yeah, exactly. It is. And but and however, on the flip side of that coin is that mm. I went out on uh, Tuesday night, the night before my birthday. Uh, friend of the show, Alicia Witt, had Ooh. a uh, uh, show. She's actually I should I should plug Alicia, by the way, since she is such a Do good it. friend of the show. Alicia Witt is now in residence at a place called Ivy. I, 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 Alicia Witt is now in residence at a place called Cafe Was. 
which is a, a rather a fantastic restaurant. I've been there several times. Um, uh, out right there on Sunset and Vine. And what I mean by that she's in residence is they have a piano in the middle of the room there that that spins around on a rotunda. Uh, and oh, one, wow. once a month, uh, you can go see Alicia perform. Uh, she's got a regular gig once a month uh, there at Cafe Was. Uh, she'll be playing again on May 15th and then again in June. But uh, once, once a month, you can go see Alicia perform. Uh, she's also got a new single that's released out on iTunes. Go go find that. It's called Me or New York. So you can go buy and download that. Holly, give a listen to her song Blind. It's up on iTunes as well. Be perfect for Make It or Break It. So I went to go see Alicia perform on uh, Tuesday night. And uh, about 45 minutes into her set, she puts her hand up over to shade her eyes and says, I believe there's somebody's birthday here in the audience, right? And I went, oh, Wow. And she says, Jason. And I go, yes. And as I start to say yes, someone else in the audience goes, yeah, it's my birthday. Oh, God. <laughs> and Ugh. she goes, oh, 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 is, oh, is it your birthday too? And she's like, yeah, it's Julie. And she goes, oh, well, happy birthday, Julie. So I missed my little moment of Alicia finding Aww. me. And sing. But she did sing happy birthday then. She, she played and sang happy birthday. She said, happy birthday to Jason and Julie. Happy birthday mm -hmm. to you. So I went up to Know that she meant you, though. Just know that she meant – it was meant for you. And, and Julie just simply muscled in on an opportunity. The fame whore that Julie is. Right. So that it didn't bother me, though, that she was singing happy birthday to me the day before my birthday then. Like, that didn't bother me. Why does it bother me on Facebook but when Alicia Witt sings to me happy <laughs> birthday? But I think it's because, because of the Alicia sentiment. Alicia Witt is a lot hotter than Facebook. <laughs> well, true. But I also believe the sentiment was what matters. That the, the I'm, I'm projecting the sentiment of, oh, let me get this out of the way because it's Jason's birthday on Facebook, where she actually genuinely you know, stops her show, finds me in the audience, wants to genuinely wish me a happy birthday in front of a room full of people at a live show. That That's mm. coming from a different place to me. So Yes. No, no, I, I, I think that's wonderful because I know you're a big fan of hers, and uh, it, it, that uh, that was special. So good, good on you, eh, Julie. Man, it's always people named Julie too. My coworker that I am probably gonna, if I see her step outside the the place I used to work at across the street, I'm gonna make sure to call. I like to kind of make her go back in and answer the phone, and then I hang up before she answers it. Yeah. But her name's Julie. <laughs> You've told me that before. I think that's very funny. I, <laughs> uh, I, I okay. <laughs> Great. So uh, I actually did a, a small birthday thing last night. I went out to a barcade. Have you ever heard of these phenomenons before? Do you know what a no. barcade is? Well, uh -uh. I, I looked it up online. It sounded kind of hip and fun. Believe it or not, it was in the hipster section of Yelp. Oh, that's not surprising. <laughs> but what it, what it was is the way it was described online is as a place where you can go play classic video games uh, mm -hmm. and they have a bar. And I thought, oh, that sounded kind of fun. It didn't sound quite as organized or corporate as uh, like Dave and Buster's is, but it seemed to be uh -huh. like a joint where you could go and just drink and play video games. And it was in it, it's on this dreadful part of Western Avenue where the all the stores there are places you've never heard of. And there's these strange storefronts and, you know, Western Avenue. You've been on Western before. Yeah. Right? Yes, I have. Yeah. So and it's a big this, fan of Westerns. Yeah, so it's this danky hole in the wall, and it's 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 literally a dive bar with video games. 
um, <laughs> which was cool. I mean, it was fun when everybody showed up and we started playing. Uh, but I had a, a small group of people there, including my friend who looks like a celebrity. And uh, we visited and played video games. And it was fun. It was fun. That's cool. You know what I find? It's a, a little side note that uh, there is this trend now in, in bars. And I noticed this in Brooklyn when I was there last, you know, about a year ago, that, you know, it was a bar and a bowling alley. And then there was another place that was like a bar and like you're describing here, uh, you know, a, a video game emporium. And it's because the kids need to constantly be entertained. It's not like when we were coming up where just, you know, being around a bunch of salty dogs was enough, you know, entertainment for us. It's like they, there's got to be constant stimulation. So they can't just go and drink in a bar like a bunch of men. Well, that was what the... They uh, have to be playing video games. Yeah, well, the appeal to me drinking when I was younger and I was drinking was that that was what I was doing. You know, didn't matter yeah. what else was going on. I mean, if we went to go see the Lazarium or something, then we might do something else beforehand to yeah. enhance our enjoyment of it. But to just go out and pop a couple Pokenecks. Yeah, exactly. Pop a couple Pokenecks. Um, but the, you know, to actually just go drink, the whole point was to like to drive to, I don't know, sit by the bay and drink, you know, it didn't matter what was going yeah. on around us. It was it was the people you were sur surrounded by. And the conversations you shared. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Not none of this video game stuff. There's a. I didn't need a video game, and all I need is a little SoCo to keep me warm inside. Yeah, well, there are these hip places that are. There's a, a place called Lucky Strike right there in the Hollywood and Highland complex, which is enormously. I'm savvy. Yeah, enormously hip, uh, which is a bowling alley bar. But this place that we went to was not nearly that organized. It was some dude behind a bar with video games, you know, and it, it, this black, gotcha. black, dark room with, <laughs> with seats that you fell through and, uh, you know, theater seats and uh, it was, Ooh, it was fun. It's my kind of place. Yeah. Yeah. You would have really liked it. Did anybody catch flame, catch a flame and run out of the place? <laughs> no, no. I think that only happens in San Francisco. What do you got? Uh, what was your week like? What do you got coming on this weekend? And, uh, let's stop this show because it's going on for well okay <laughs> I, I i will be brief then um as always i'm seeing a lot of music this week and you know what's great about not going to coachella this year i've gone like the last three years running i'm not going this year everything but i realize i'm <laughs> well there's that well i'll get into that in my music podcast by the way new podcast up check it out jace issue 26 interview with Nashville's Caitlin Rose. It's a great interview. And we also feature a band from England called Inca Gold that I think, I'm going to go ahead and say it early. This band is going to be really, really big. So look for them coming out of Britain. They, I mean, this is fresh, fresh stuff. They just released their first EP. Lucky to get my hands on it, play it on the show. And Caitlin Rose is an absolute flower. And we love Nashville. So um, listeners, go to What Do They Said About Music uh, on, the, on the blog, www.whatdovaysaid.com. And check it out because it's great. All right. That said. Yes. Okay. So, but I am not attending Coachella like I mentioned. And so I decided to cultivate my own Coachella because so many of the bands are coming through San Francisco on their way down and actually coming back through on their way out, oh. you know, of playing the festival. So my wife and I are going to about, I guess, like four 
four shows over the course of the next week. And all of the bands are bands that I really wanted to see at Coachella. Starting tonight, we're seeing PJ Harvey, who's awesome. And then all the bands that they have opening up are bands that are playing Coachella too. So I'm really going to get to squeeze like a day of Coachella in in San Francisco over the course of four days. So I'm very proud of myself for for cultivating that and realizing that you don't have to drive all the way down the desert and be surrounded by a bunch of drug-addled teenagers. You can, uh, you know, stay right here at home and do the same exact thing. Wait, I'm confused. Is PJ Harvey the girl who does the voice of Chucky on the Rugrats? No, PJ Harvey is... Uh, wait, wait, no, uh, no. PJ Harvey is the one who does that. Uh, and that's the rest <laughs> of the story. That That guy... No, 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 no. PJ uh, Harvey Paul is Harvey. the uh, <laughs> PJ Harvey I'm is Paul the, Harvey. the uh the right wing uh uh guest panelist on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. No, wrong again. PJ Harvey is a very very No no wait no PJ uh, Harvey is the girl <laughs> from Rock and Roll High School and played the girlfriend in stripes. No, that's Riff Randall. Alright, I I give up. I don't know who PJ Harvey is. You don't care, man. I do, though. I'm going to see her tonight. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to write all about it on the blog. All these shows you're going to see on the blog. So go to it. We've been uh, we've been actually saving this week for the blog. We've been Jason's um, been hard at work doing recaps of Make It or Break It, and they're awesome. They're phenomenal. So do go to the blog and read those. And we want to let, leave that up so people can get a chance to read those and they're featured. And then I'm going to start – bombarding you with all of my uh, my rock and roll experiences. Yeah, there you go. So it's a good idea for you to watch, like we were talking with Holly, watch Make It or Break It on television every week, then come to the blog the next day and read the recap, and then poke around to find some new music and yeah. read a bit more. There's lots of exciting things happening on the blog, whatdothaysaid.com, for your cultural yeah. interest. I, I could agree more, and that is actually uh, that's all I really have on tap. So... Uh, I'm excited to hear how the rest of your birthday weekend plays out. All right. Well, uh, we'll look, hear about that next week. Bye, listeners. Thank you again, Holly. Chelsea, we want you on the show. Bye, Rob. Bye, Dave. <laughs>